did it? I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. The Biden administration has identified the group responsible for this week's deadly drone attack that killed three U.S. soldiers in Jordan. The Islamic resistance in Iraq, described as an umbrella group of Iran-backed militias, is believed to have carried out a drone attack on U.S. forces in Jordan that killed three service members. We will respond in a time and in a manner of our choosing on our schedule. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby also says a U.S. response could be prolonged. When you see the first thing, don't come to be thinking that that's going to be the last thing. One of the militias involved in the Islamic resistance in Iraq, Khatib Hezbollah, announced it would suspend operations against U.S. forces. A statement Kirby dismissed, warning not to take their words at face value. Fox's Jared Halpern at the White House. A U.S. official tells Fox News it took a self-defense strike targeting and destroying multiple projectiles that the Iran-backed Houthi rebels were preparing to launch at commercial ships. The official says this is completely separate from the response to the drone attack that killed the soldiers in Jordan. Fire officials in Boise, Idaho, say multiple people have been hurt after a building collapsed near the airport. Airport operations were not impacted. FBI Director Christopher Wray with a warning about the threat of cyber attacks from China. We can see from where they position themselves across civilian infrastructure that low blows aren't just a possibility in the event of a conflict. Low blows against civilians are part of China's plan. Ray's warning came during a House hearing, and the House has passed a bipartisan $79 billion tax cut package that would enhance the child tax credit for millions of lower-income families and boost three tax breaks for businesses, sending the measure to the Senate. America is listening to Fox News. I'm Emily Campagno, host of the Fox True Crime Podcast. In October of 1994, 23-year-old Susan Smith alleged a black male carjacker kidnapped her two young sons. After a nine-day search, Smith revealed it was all a hoax and she had killed her children. This week, State Representative Tommy Pope joins me to reflect on his prosecution of this infamous case in the year Susan Smith becomes eligible for parole. Available now on Apple, Spotify, and foxnewspodcasts.com. Your favorite Fox News funny man Jimmy Fela has a new book, The Cancel Culture Dictionary. How have we not gotten a game show spinoff called Wheel of Cancel? No, it's not an actual dictionary. It's an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun. The fact that we're defunding the joke police is a win for America. With the collection of cancellations by the outrage mob, Jimmy Fela's Cancel Culture Dictionary. Yo, what is going on in this country right now? Order your copy of The Cancel Culture Dictionary now at foxnewsbooks.com. Yes, everyone, live in the Time Saver Traffic Center. Heavy delays on the eastbound Southern Beltway, Rainbow to the 15 Interchange. You've got that exit ramp to go from 215 East to either Las Vegas Boulevard or 15 South with the left lane taken away. That's the reason for the extra delays. 215 West struggles start at the airport connector and continue around the Durango curve to a crash past Sunset with a left lane blocked. Still battling both sides of 95, approaching Boulder Highway with extra northbound delays. South Rancho to Jones. Mitch Kelly with your time saver traffic. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. 
There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Babbel. Language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Start learning a language today at Babbel.com. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. For 30 years, the LGBTQ Center of Nevada has been a safe and welcoming place to celebrate and serve the entire community. The center advocates for the empowerment and safety of everyone. It provides wellness services for better mental, physical, and holistic health. And the center connects people to the community. Learn more at thecenterlv.org. This message is sponsored by a grant through the Sands Corporation, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. 101.5 FM KDON. It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. But uh, we're on SportsX Radio. We've got Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, here on KDON. Am I on or not? Yes, you are. Okay, so I'm good to go. All right, here we go, folks. Hopefully we don't drop off anymore. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, KDON, live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, here in the Vegas Valley, year number 15 here at Steiner's, 1750 North Buffalo. Come on down and see me right there at Vegas Drive, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. And... uh, Got some great deals going on, as always. 24 hours of gaming and, of course, incredible food right here at all three Steiner's Pub locations. Got to be 21 and older. Remember that when you come in and uh, got all the games going on and got everything else going on as well. So uh, trying to, I'm checking the connection, Mark Hoke. I'm hopefully, uh, am I on? Am I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to communicate. And yes, if you're I'm on, not on, Okay, I am on. I'm, so I'm reading your text and saying check your connection. So I'm checking it. It looks like I'm good here. So. Hopefully, uh, we are good to go. All right, plenty of stuff going on in the uh, world of sports, and we'll get caught up on it. Hopefully, uh, everything stays connected, and uh, we are good to go. So let's get rolling. Now, 
the starting five. Number one. All right, let's go right to the NFL. Seattle, Michael McDonald. No, not the guy from the Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald, the Ravens defense coordinator. He is a new head coach now for the Seattle Seahawks. Half the age of the old guy, Pete Carroll, 72 years old, who was let go. Michael McDonald, just 36 years of age. And uh, this guy's got a bright future. There's no question. He's got a lot to work with. Six-year deal. So he's got plenty of time to get things together over there in the great Northwest. It's a solid Seattle program. Carroll did a heck of a job there. We'll see if McDonald can get that defense back to the Legion of Boom back in the days. See if the offense under Geno Smith can excel as well. But that is your new head honcho in Seattle. Michael McDonald, 36 years old. Ravens former defensive coordinator. The new head honcho there for the Seattle Seahawks. Number two. All right, let's stay in the NFL and the Green Bay Packers. Yes, my wife Christie's team. The head coach from Boston College, Jeff Hafley, he is the Packers' new defensive coordinator. So we got the offense clicking pretty good. The defense was good at times this year, making the playoffs and holding their own against San Francisco. Nearly took out the Niners in that divisional playoff game, but fell a little bit short. Got off to a good start, but just kind of didn't get things down the stretch the defense kind of gave up that last drive there and San Fran able to win by a field goal but Jeff Halfley that's his MO he's a defensive guy by nature did a pretty good job over there in Chestnut Hill with BC and Halfley takes over now as the new defense coordinator up there Lambeau Field Green Bay Wisconsin he will be your new guy number three And one more time, we'll stay in the NFL. Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, he's going to stay put. He's going to stay right there with D'Amico Ryans and company and stay on that staff. Now, Slowick was uh, a guy that interviewed for several head coaching jobs, but elects to come out and say, you know what, not interested, going to stick around, just like Ben Johnson did, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. You never know when you're going to get another shot at a head coaching job so you got to be pretty happy. And, of course, a lot of these coordinators make pretty good money, especially if they're excelling and they feel, the organization feels that they can go elsewhere. But Bobby Slowick saying, you know what, I'm happy right here in H-Town. I'm going to stick around and stay the offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans. Number four. All right, we talked about the uh, knuckleheads that uh, cut down the statue of Jackie Robinson over there in Wichita, Kansas. Very disturbing. They then found it was burned. They know it was two guys putting it on a truck. They were not able to identify the guys. So far, they have found the truck, but still, they have not been able to link the truck to the two assailants. So we'll see if maybe down the line they can find these culprits. But the good news is great people step up. It is uh, what would have been the 105th birthday of the first player to break Major League Baseball's color barrier, Jackie Robinson, my dad's favorite over there with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And how about this? $140,000 already has been raised online, which far exceeds the estimated $75,000 bronze statue. That was the worth of it, and they've almost doubled that, and money's still flowing in there. So that is kind of cool. It's good to see, and I like to see good people stepping up. Always going to have boneheads, like I said, and... uh, It is good that everybody kind of came together. Keep an eye on that and let you know when that uh, new statue is up and directed over there at McAdams Park. And that's where about 600 children play in youth baseball leagues. It's called League 42. That, of course, after Jackie's number, number 42. 
And uh, he did break that color barrier way back in 1947. But that's just great news. Love to see a happy ending to stories like that. And like I said, I hope they still catch those two culprits because there's just no place for that in society. Number five. And number five, going to welcome in my uh, producer, Mark Hoke. Of course, does a great job. Mark Hoke show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. And Mark, of course, a big Orioles fan, right? And over the last year and a half, we've played that Orioles magic theme more times than most people want to hear, especially my buddy Mike Scalliot, who's a big Yankee fan. But Mark is uh, kind of happy. We talked about it a little bit last night with Wayne Krivsky in studio, former general manager, Cincinnati Reds, on what it would mean to get the Angelos family basically out from under the ownership there of the Baltimore Orioles. And it's not going to be an immediate deal, but we look now, Mark, and it looks like Cal Ripken, who you said, Cal Ripken Jr. was part of the group as far as purchasing the Orioles. And Grant Hill, another good guy. And I met Grant Hill, just a super personality, but he also part of that group. So I think the ceiling is high and the future is bright for management and ownership there for your Baltimore Orioles. Well, the bottom line is, Ken, is that the Angelos is after their, after Peter did that spending streak back in the late 90s and early 2000s that didn't work out, said, you know what, I'm not going to do that again, and I just want to make my money and go home and just slash the payroll of the team. And now with some new ownership in there, and I'm sure with Cal leaning over everybody's shoulders, they're going to spend a little money. And it's there. They just didn't want to do it. So I have a feeling that... This hesitancy to go out and get a big-time free agent, well, that's probably going to be done here pretty shortly. So Michael Elias will get the toy he might need to finish the job, and they will be, uh, you know, obviously with all these prospects they have, they'll be able to add a player or two, kind of do things like they did in Houston, and now you got five teams that are going to be beating the hell out of each other for the next decade or two. It should be fun. Mark, any update on Batista, your fine closer that you lost right before the postseason last year? Yeah, he's still out for the year, so oh, boy. he's rehabbing. Yeah. But. Yeah, that was that was a tough blow, and and again, they're going to have to, uh, well, at least they have a little bit more time to address that, and I know they did what they could last year, but the best record in Major League Baseball regular season and then bow out in the postseason, but hopefully they're going to be able to, like you said, take it a step further this season, and we'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, that Oriole Magic theme, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of it during baseball season. All right, that is a look at our starting five, and we also have number one and number two both in action as far as men's basketball. Before we go there, let's go back to last night. UNLV, big game at home against Fresno State, trying to you know get their record even as far as conference play inside the Mountain West. And they had a nice lead of nine points at the half, but Fresno State battled back to within a point, 51-50. Little Sammy Hagar there, little uh, Van Halen. And uh, lo and behold, UNLV down the stretch was able to come up big. And the uh, Boone brothers, Caleb Boone, 6 of 11, 9 of 10 from the charity stripe. He was solid. His brother, Keelan Boone, also very solid. He had 15 points, 12 rebounds. Luis Rodriguez, DJ Thomas, those guys 11 points apiece. And Thomas added 6 assists. So UNLV gets that 78-69 win for you, for you folks that backed him here in the Vegas Valley. As far as laying the points, you do get the uh, cover there against the Bulldogs of Fresno State. But more importantly, Kevin Kruger's team now even in the Mountain West Conference. 4-4 four and four in conference, 11-9 overall. Bulldogs dropped to 2-6 and six in conference, 9-12 and 12 overall. Meanwhile, as far as the ladies, well, they've got a big game coming up at Cox Pavilion tonight. It's a big-time game, and uh, you want to get down there and check things out at Cox Pavilion because Lindy LaRock, her Lady Rebels, who have only lost once in their last 32 
Mountain West games, and that was to New Mexico, who actually got a matinee win today against San Jose State. Keep an eye on those Lady Lobos. They're 7-2 and two in conference, but the Lady Rebs 7-1 conference, and who are they playing tonight? <laughs> well, that's right, the Cowgirls from Wyoming. They are also 7-1 and one inside the Mountain West. So it's a big-time game. Get down there, support UNLV, the Lady Rebels in action. 17-2 and two overall, 7-1 and one inside the Mountain West. And again, uh, I think it's 31 of 32 that they've won under Lindy LaRock. Their only loss is 69-66 game where they lost to New Mexico. The game was tied at 66. And then uh, uh, Vian Cumber hit a three-pointer with four seconds left. So that really the only blemish as far as Mountain West play over the last, you know, year and a half. I mean, pretty solid stuff there from Coach Lindy LaRock, of course, Durango High School's finest. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that game throughout the night. Some other ladies' action in the Mountain West we'll pay attention to as well, uh, especially that Nevada game. And how about the Lady Wolfpack? They got thumped big time by the Lady Rebs. I mean, you talk about a beatdown, 45-point beatdown. It happened, and Lindy, Lindy LaRock's gals were ready to roll, and they took care of business. Now, jumping over to the men's side of things, I told you number one and number two were in action. And in West Lafayette, Indiana was Purdue. Zach Eady, the big man, uh, going up against a very good Northwestern team that had beaten them the first time in Evanston, Illinois. And this game, I'm telling you, went down to the wire. In fact, it went overtime, and somehow Purdue was able to come up big. In fact, they scored the last nine points of the extra session and won it by nine, 105-96, outscoring the Wildcats 24-15 in the extra five minutes. Now, that didn't hurt you as far as if you took Northwestern because they were plus 13-and-a-half. Game, of course, sails over the total, but that's a good, solid Northwestern team. They're 6-4 and four in the Big Ten, 15-6 overall. Purdue 9-2 in the Big Ten, 20-2 overall. Edie had 30 points, 15 rebounds to lead the way. A uh, very solid effort there, and they get the W. Meanwhile, Baylor, nice comeback, 45-31. They outscore Central Florida in Orlando, second half, to erase a six-point deficit at intermission and win the game by eight, 77-69. Let's go and check out some of these scores and uh, get you caught up. We'll start it in college basketball. We usually start in the association, and this will actually be the last uh, day with three NHL games prior to the NHL All-Star break, which starts up, and they'll go into that uh, tomorrow, and then the All-Star game will be played on Saturday, which is always a a scoring frenzy. It's like uh, playing soccer with no goalie. I mean, it's uh, ridiculous. Here's what we have, though, as far as the men's college basketball. NC Greensboro battles back. They actually trailed VMI, but they came back and won the game 85-79. They were laying 16 on the road. Do not get the cover. Uh, game does fly over the 151. Talked about Purdue 105-96. The line actually closed at the Westgate Superbook at 14, so the Boilermakers come up short there, and that game, of course, sailing well over the total. Back and forth game in Cincinnati. Xavier and St. John's. Musketeers came up big down the stretch, went on a run, not only win the game, but easily cover that deuce, winning by double digits against Rick Pitino's boys. 88-77 the final. Total, 157.5. Game hits 165, so another over there. And this is a bad beat, and I nearly got involved in this game. Was going to take Georgia. Plus six last night. It actually closed at 6.5 at the Superbook. And Georgia was up pretty much the whole way until about the last six minutes. Bama then tightened things up, and then Alabama went on a run inside the last two minutes, not only to get the win, but to cover that six and a half. They win it by a score of 85-76. The total was 166 and a half. That game stays under, hits 161. 85-76, Bama gets the W. 
Baylor, as I told you, gets the win against Central Florida. 77-69, they were laying 3.5 was that closing number, and the game does get over the 138.5. I'll come back with some more college basketball. Normally, at this time, Mark Lawrence would be coming on, but Mark is under the weather back there in South Beach, so some prayers for him. As, uh, again, we're used to having Mark. He's been on the show for 10 years now on Wednesday nights. And I want to say he's as good as it gets. Probably misses maybe, you know, once every two years. I mean, and it, I mean, you know Mark Lawrence is sick. He probably can't even, you know, get the voice going. Otherwise, he'd gut it out and make it. He's done that on many occasions as well. Hour number two, Andy Isco will be with me the entire hour. Looking forward to that AI real solid on his college basketball NBA as well. We'll touch on the NHL. I'll update you on the standings. Vegas Golden Knights, where they're at. They're not in action tonight, but they are uh, right there. Up top there at the Pacific, seven points behind Vancouver. So we'll get into that a little bit throughout the next hour and a half. Lots to talk about. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. K-Dawn, we stream live on that Odyssey app. Come on down and see me at Steiner's Pub. They've got the menus and maps uh, when you come in the calendars. So when you uh, grab one, their paper, you can take them with you. They have all the different sporting events on every particular night. They have the homemade soups for that particular night. And then they've got a lot of other little tidbits like uh, what day is it? You know, because we know Friday is going to be Groundhog Day. Tomorrow's National Freedom Day. So they got all those different days up there. And then you can keep tabs, especially on the local teams, because Roger Sachs does a nice job and has everything there and keeps you updated there so you know when all the home teams are playing and you can go to your Steiner's pubs accordingly. Now you've got 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. That's right there at Windmill in between South Point and Mandalay Bay. Then, of course, the original in their 25th year, 8410 West Cheyenne on the west side and also on the west side over here, the Summerlin side. It is 1750 North Buffalo right here at Vegas Drive inside the Albertson Shopping Center. It is Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Flock of Seagulls as we come back on a Wednesday night. It is hump day. KT live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Again, one of three in the Vegas Valley. All 24 hours a day. Got to be 21 and older. Great menu online, though, too. So if you want to get the youngins some of the great food from Steiner's, remember, prices are absolutely fantastic, and the food here is stupendous. So uh, if you make it in, you'll enjoy the great food. The great gaming as well. When you walk in all three establishments on your left-hand side, you'll see a lit-up marquee board. Has the uh, list of the machines which ones are hitting, what the jackpots were, how much they were. And uh, you can, you know, pick your machine accordingly, just depending if there is room at the bar. And there is a little bit of room at the bar now, a few seats open, but always a busy night, Wednesday night. People break up the week at all three Steiner's Pub locations, and uh, they've got all the video kino, all the video poker games, and they've got uh, everything pretty much as far as alcohol. They've got it all as far as in the bottle. And then as far as beer selection, great beer selection, probably about, I'm looking probably about 22, 23 beers on tap. What they don't have on tap, they've got in the bottle pretty much. So come on down. Cleanliness second to none. I mean, Roger Sachs, that's a pet peeve for him. So all three Steiner's Pub locations, always going to be clean. The restroom's always nice and clean, and you'll love it. It is really one of those places. In fact, I was uh, when I was talking with John Taffer, I was saying, you know, Steiner's Pubs, man, you go in there, I don't think you're going to be able to find anything, man. At the, you know, not even the... The health uh, organization comes in anymore. They come in there and they're like, yeah, 
Might as well just have a nice meal and kick it over here. And Taffer's like, hey, look, I'll find something. I, I don't know where, but I'll find something. So I had a little bit of fun with John on Monday night. The uh, Steiner Pub, Steiner's Pub locations also have a great setup as far as all the different TVs. So you're going to be able to see uh, vantage point from pretty much every seat, whether you're at a booth or tables in the middle or even the circular bar uh, that's right there in the middle of each establishment. You're going to be able to see minimum, you know, four or five TVs. So you're going to get all the games. And then we really cater to the local teams. Vegas Gold Knights games, I mean, it's big time. There's always great promotions. They have a lot of drink specials going on. And happy hours, three to six, uh, seven days a week. And that is fantastic. It uh, doesn't get much better than that, three to six p.m. And, you know, if you're a graveyard or swing shift and you're looking for a great place to go after work, that's the great thing. All three Steiner's Pub locations really cater to everybody in the industry. So uh, we take care of you big time over here. Now, as far as, before I get back to the scoreboard, as far as the uh, Super Bowl party, right, the uh, big game party, as we call it here in the Vegas Valley, the last three years, the Steiner's Pub locations have been sold out because they sell the seats, and they're sold out. I mean, the same people come pretty much every year. They re-up as soon as the game's over. They're like, yeah, we'll be back next year. We'll be back next year. So here it is. It's $200 a person. They do have seats open this year. Why? Because there's several groups that are either going to the actual game because it's here in town or some of those that were coming in from out of town, they just haven't been able to uh, get rooms at the normal places that they were at because media and corporate has taken up a lot of those hotels and the you know the rates i'm sure if you've gone online you've seen the room rates they're through the roof so you do have seats open at this location the one over there on uh, 8168 las vegas boulevard south that is sold out but you still have at both locations on the west side 8410 west cheyenne and 1750 north buffalo you still have seats open for the Super Bowl party. So the $200, when you, uh, when you pay that fee, and you could put a $50 deposit down and just go to either one of those locations or give a call and just give your card down, they'll uh, take that uh, $50 deposit there. But you want to get there because it's all you can eat, all you can drink, and you get a $50 square that can give you an opportunity on the square board to win up to $5,000. So they've got it set up pretty good. The first quarter is seven fifty, and uh, then they've got... Uh, let me see. Halftime. I'm trying to see what out. third quarter is 1250. Uh, let me see what halftime is. I'm trying to see. Uh, final score is 2000. Okay, so they break it down. And uh, you know what? I've been pretty good on those uh, squares over the years. And last year, I don't know if I got anything last year, but usually uh, March Madness I do okay and Super Bowl. So I, I enjoy playing it. And they've got square boards, uh, $5, $10, and $20 boards. And that just makes for more fun for the games. But all three locations, I guarantee you're going to have a great time. And, I mean, when you think about all you can eat, all you can drink, to get that kind of deal, Super Bowl day, to be in the ambiance that you're going to be into, because trust me, the hashtag is here, I love this place. There is no question I do love this place. And a lot of people make Steiners their cheers-like place, right? Everybody knows your name, and they do. You're in here more than once. Everybody's going to get to know you. Great wait staff. That's a great thing about all three Steiners publications. They have great wait staff, bartending. Everybody takes care of you. And, of course, the cooking is outstanding. Homemade salad dressings, homemade soups, top of the line. So get on down and uh, go to either one of those West Side locations, 8410 West Cheyenne or 1750 North Buffalo, where KT is, and uh, reserve your seats for the big game. And we'll continue to push that throughout the next week and a half until they sell out. Roger will keep me updated 
as those seats uh, kind of go by the wayside. And uh, so you want to get down there, especially if you have a nice group. You have a nice group of six or eight or ten. Get down there and reserve it and get you all together and enjoy it. No sense you messing up your house and having to worry about cooking. You know, get everybody together. Boom. Pay. Enjoy. And then uh, set up your ride accordingly and just have a great time. And they'll have plenty of prizes, plenty of giveaways as well during the actual game. All right, let me go back to uh, the scores. And I do want to update a couple uh, headlines as well. Bernard Longer, who's good friends with my buddy Dave Moronic, this will be his final Masters in Augusta in April. 66-year-old German announced, and he said it's going to be pretty emotional. He said it's his favorite tournament. He loves it, loves coming stateside, but really enjoys the people and the ambiance there in Augusta, Georgia. So uh, Bernard Longer, and he's been very successful there as uh, Done a real nice job representing Germany over there. Uh, also, Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, he said, look, if things don't pan out with Mike McCarthy, I don't have a problem bringing on Bill Belichick. We're friends and we get along. Didn't make that move yet. Nobody has as far as with Belichick, and a lot of people surprised about that. Also, Marcus Gasol officially retires from basketball. He was playing overseas, uh, of course, after retiring from the NBA, but he was fun to watch. I mean, Pau Gasol, Marcus Gasol, both guys. You know, really, really solid Spaniards and doing a nice job here in the association and back over there in Europe. Also, always want to recognize my listeners. Morris made it in here. Yep, Morris, like Morris the cat. My good buddy Morris made it in. I had no idea. He's been listening to me when he lived up in Reno. Now he lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's his initial uh, hometown. But he's back there. But he listens to SportsX Radio all the time and came up, and he was one of the two that got that free appetizer. Remember, if you're one of the first two and you come up to KT's table, by about 545, I'm usually set, or by, I'm sorry, by 445, usually set up. Now today, uh, maybe just a little bit later, but Morris was one of the first two there, so he got himself a free appetizer, but told me he's been listening to SportsX Radio for a long time. So always appreciate the long-time listeners and the ones that are just picking up the show, 101.5 FM, and, of course, streaming live on that Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded the free app, do so now. It is a free app. Go to the Google Play or iTunes, and you can do that, and uh, then you can take it wherever you go. Listen to SportsX Radio or Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Listen to the Mark Oak Show, the best in professional wrestling. All right, uh, getting back to college basketball, where we started out, left off with that Alabama win over Georgia. Uh, Baylor, I think I got that one in as well, 77-69. They win against Central Florida, laying the three and a half. My buddy John Morris was calling that game in a game that also went over. Now, I did like West Virginia. They were four-point dogs at home, and what I say last night, they beat Kansas in Morgantown, so they've got a good chance to win this game outright. Win it outright, they did. They knocked off Cincinnati. They were catching four, didn't need it. They win it by four, 69-65. The game staying under the total of 144.5. Move on down, East Tennessee State. Buccaneers on the road, plus two on the road against Mercer. Beat the Bears on the Bears' home court, 54-49. Very low-scoring, deliberate-type game, 135.5 was your total. Barely got over 100, hit 103. Meanwhile, tough sledding at the SoCon for Western Carolina, the Catamounts. They're a good, solid team, but they just can't get across the finish line against the good teams like Samford and Furman. Uh, tough loss tonight at home against Tennessee Chattanooga. They had this lead for a while, but Chattanooga had a big-time second half, and the Mocs win it by a score of 91-85. to 85. They were plus 4.5, didn't need it. As I said, they win it by 6, and again, that flies over the 146.5. Now, I did like Tulsa, and they struggled. They were down double digits at home against Wichita State, but the Shockers... Not what they used to be under Coach Marshall. They get beat by Tulsa. 79-68 Golden Hurricane get it done at home. Minus the one, they win it by 11. And the game stays under the 153.5. 
I gave you St. Joe's last night. Thought I was going to get a late cover, but got to give it to George Mason. They covered the game. St. Joe's does win at Hawks 75-73, but do not cover the four and a half at home. 142 is your total, so the game does get over. The uh, total hits 148, 75-73. St. Joe's, the Hawks win it at home. Also, Rhode Island at home. They had a nice lead up on LaSalle early in that game, and then even in the second half, they were up by four or five. But the Explorers came back to get the cover. Rhode Island wins the game 71-69. They were minus three. So people that back LaSalle, they get the money in a game that also stayed under the total. And then Furman, speaking of those Paladins, one of the top dogs over there in the SoCon, they struggled mightily. They were down big to Citadel on the road. And the Citadel looked like they might get the straight-up upset. They get the money. They were plus seven. But Furman comes back and wins the game 82 to 79 in a game that gets over the 147 and a half, hitting 161. South Florida, my nephew asked me tonight, or earlier today, I should say, uh, what about South Florida? I go, well, they've won 11 out of 12, but they are inconsistent uh, when they're on the road. But they brought their A game tonight. East Carolina was minus one at home, and South Florida had the lead up as high as 15. They win it by 11, 71 to 60. Game still stays under the 135. Richmond makes it nine in a row. Nine in a row against the spread. 83-69. They win in the Bronx against Fordham. Actually in Brooklyn now against Fordham as they win that game. And a game that also gets well over the 139 and a half. Hits 152. 83-69. The Spiders. Minus two. Easy cover there. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, they were back and forth. And Pitt finally went on that run in the second half. Gave them some distance between themselves and the Demon Deacons. Win at 77-72. They were minus two and a half, so they cover it, winning it by five. Total was 145. Game gets over by four points, hitting 149. 77-72. Pitt at home. Panthers take care of business. Meanwhile, Virginia, tough one if you laid the points with the boys from Charlottesville because they were up 16, 17, 18. They were minus 13 pretty much everywhere in Vegas, some 13 and a half. But at the Westgate Superbook, it was a Baker's dozen. Virginia wins it only by 12. They win it by a dozen. That Baker's dozen cost you if you uh, did lay the points there with Virginia. Total was 113 and a half. And the game hits 118, 65, 53. Tony Bennett's boys getting the win, but not the cover. Meanwhile, Sanford, they struggled at home with Wofford. Terriers go on the road. Sanford gets the win only by a bucket, 81-79. Still missing one of their better scorers. 11.5 was the home line spread for Sanford. They win it by a deuce, 81-79 in a game that does get over. That 157.5 high total hits 160. And another game that just ended, Indiana State battled back. They were down nine in the first half against Belmont. Came back, beat the Bruins, 78-72. Gillespie's still out for Belmont. That's their leading scorer. But it looked like Belmont might get the straight-up win, but the Sycamores come back and get the win. Nice second half. DeVries, another solid game. That kid can shoot it big time. 78-72 the final. Indiana State wins it, but they were minus eight, as I said, so they do not cover, and the game does stay under by six points. Total was 166. Game hits 160. 78, or actually only hits 150, so 78-72. So it stays 16 points under that total. Meanwhile, Bradley, if you laid the eight right now, 750 to go in Peoria. They were up by 18, now up by 13, 66-53 on Northern Iowa. Keep an eye on that game. As I said, still 750 to go, the under eight-minute timeout. Go on down. Purple Ace is taking care of business. Evansville up by 11 on the Flames of Illinois, Chicago, 61 to 50, 540 to go second half in a pick'em game, total 141. Uh, probably not going to get there unless you uh, get a lot of fouling if Illinois-Chicago can cut into that 11-point lead. Drake, no problem right now with the win. They're going to get that, no problem. Uh, they are laying, though, 
19 and a half closing number at the Westgate Superbook, and they're up by 18, 72-54 on Valparaiso. So we'll keep an eye. Still 4:46 to go in the second half. There, I did like Southern Illinois. Laid the four. They're up by eight. They were up 12, and now up by eight. Still 3:48 to go. Missouri State, who's played respectable ball over their last five games, winning three of those five. They are in Carbondale to take on the Salukis in 63-55. Southern Illinois, again, 3.48 to go as uh, they lead that game by eight, laying four. Totals 134.5. You're sitting at 118 right now, so should be right there. Meanwhile, Florida trying to avenge an earlier loss in Gainesville to Kentucky. Kentucky closed at 7.5. They went up to eight some places. This line opening lower than that. It was 5.5 this morning and uh, closed 7.5 at the Westgate Superbook. A uh, good buddy of mine asked me if I like Kentucky. I said, no, I can't. Uh, just based on Florida losing what they had a 10-point halftime lead at home in Gainesville at intermission and then lost a tough game. I think it was overtime to Kentucky. So I knew that uh, Gators were going to be chomping at the bit to get into this one. Kentucky did have a five-point halftime lead there at Rupp Arena in Lexington at intermission. But right now, 520 to go in regulation. Florida 73, Kentucky 72. Rice surprising Memphis. And I thought Memphis would come out, gangbusters. They dropped three in a row. I said, this team's going to come out and just, you know, get it going early and often. You kidding me? Rice hit four of their first five threes. Memphis was 0 of 7 behind the arc to start the game. And Memphis has never caught Rice. It is 51-44, 9-15 to go at the FedEx Forum. What has happened to this Memphis Tigers team? They are really struggling. Now down 9, 53 44 with 8.45 to go. UL Lafayette looking for another win, laying 11.5 right now, up 13 on their rival, UL Monroe. Keep an eye on that one. Total 142. Still 7.21 to go, 69.56. Raging Cajuns are up. And uh, before we go to break, let me just duck in a couple more. The Hoekster, his Nittany Lions leading by two in Piscataway, New Jersey, over Rutgers. Very low scoring first half, 26-24. Nittany Lions will take it. They're seven-point dogs there. Arkansas State up six on Southern Miss. Second half, just a minute and three seconds in, 43-37. Red Wolves on top. Providence had a nice lead on number one Kentucky, uh, Connecticut, but now uh, UConn has grabbed a lead at intermission only by a point in a very low scoring first half, 29-28 in stores Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut laying 13 in that one. So we'll see if the Huskies can get things going in the second half. Remember, they have the big seven-footer, Donovan Klingen, back in the lineup. All Arkansas against Missouri. Rob Ricci said, how are my boys doing? I said, Rob, not good. And they're getting pounded right now by Arkansas. Early second half, just a minute five in. It is the Razorbacks 49, Missouri 31. Mizzou closing as a six-point home favorite. North Texas up on top of UAB 33-21. Rule of thumb with UAB, bet him at home. Go against them on the road. They're down 12 right now to North Texas. Uh, mean Green laying six and a half on their home court. Still two minutes to go in the first half. And Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers off to a good start. 24-14, 4.49 to go first half. Laying 18 and a half, 143 and a half your total. We'll see if Auburn does indeed get that cover over a very weak Vanderbilt squad. Two teams uh, about to tip off in a little bit. That'll be Boise State in Albuquerque to take on New Mexico. Richard Pitino's Lobos minus 10.5, down a little bit, was up as high as 11.5, 149-year total. And then Santa Clara going to try and avenge a, a blowout loss at home against St. Mary's. They lost badly against the Gales. They were coming off the big win against Gonzaga and had that letdown big time, and St. Mary's was up 25-5 out of the gate and just cruised. 
Gales are at home in Moraga, minus 14, total 136. We'll get you the NBA scores. We'll get you the NHL scores. We'll hit some headlines as well as we finish out our number one right after these words. Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM. K-Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. Follow the show at Ken Thompson 87 at Sports X Radio. Miss any part of the show. Archives up about 45 minutes after the broadcast. Pinned to both those X handles or... You can just use that Odyssey Rewind feature and go back and listen to the show in its entirety as soon as it ends. Just search SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson. Again, live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. A little birthday behind me. We'll be back live from Vegas. Sisters, little Ann and Nancy Wilson. Yes, it is heart. Who will you run to, baby? Tell you right now, you want to run to uh, the Steiner's Pub locations on Super Bowl Sunday. Again, get on down, run to the uh, two on the west side to get your squares and your seats. Pay for it because normally you're not going to get an opportunity to get in here on Super Bowl Sunday. But again, because the game is here in the Vegas Valley, there are a bunch that normally come here year in, year out that are going to be attending the game. And then there are some others that just didn't make it into town. Not only do you get the $50 square with a chance to win money and all you can eat, all you can drink, but great prize giveaways. And uh, let me just tell you something. My good pal Tony Radovich, I stopped by his warehouse. This guy always has great stuff. Right, and he gets it, and he has great deals on it. So he's got a great setup. If you're not going to be at one of the Steiner's publications, but you want, you know, some great uh, Super Bowl apparel, especially for you know you live in Vegas or if you're coming in town and you want to take something home that's commemorative, get on down to 4850 Camino El Norte, and you'll see it right there. It's Nevada Sports, and uh, Radovich's got a great place. Now it doesn't open till 10:30 a.m. because you know. Tony likes to sleep in a little bit, but uh, you know the 702 for Vegas, 732-7005. You can give a call, and I stopped by. He gave me a couple of the Super Bowl jackets. I'm going to be taking them down to Restaurant Row and uh, Radio Row over there at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. I'm going to be enjoying myself, and people are going to go, hey, Thompson, where'd you get that? Hey, Nevada Sports, Tony Radovich. Not only that, you can get it for $50, $60, $70 cheaper than you can anywhere else in the Vegas Valley. So you're going to go to a lot of these stores. They're going to be marked up big time. But I will have those uh, pictures of those jackets. I'm going to tweet those out uh, probably early tomorrow morning, if not later tonight, and then you'll be able to see them. But easiest thing, especially if you're on the west side, make it out there to 4850 Camino El Norte, right there, Sweet Sea. You can't miss it. Get in there. They've got all the stuff, all the Raider stuff, all the Golden Knight stuff. I've gotten a lot of my great stuff from Radovich throughout the years, and Tony's a good guy. He's a big Eagles fan like Mark Hoke, my producer. Loves the birds, and, uh, but he always represents well, especially here in the Vegas Valley, and he's got the beautiful Super Bowl jackets and some other Super Bowl apparel as well. Again, 732-7005. That's the phone number. You know the 702 area code for the Vegas Valley. All right, let me uh, jump back in. Get you the rest of those scores as far as on the ice. There's only three games. Remember, All-Star break will start up tomorrow, first day off, and then they'll get in and uh, get that game going on Saturday, which is, you know, like I said, uh, soccer with no goalie. It is what it is. L.A. Kings have just put a two-goal 
cushion between themselves and Nashville. 4.54 to go third period. Kings up 3-1. to one. They have been struggling mightily. That total is six. Looking like the game's probably going to stay under. We'll keep an eye on that one. There is one final from the Motor City. Ottawa skated past Detroit by a score of 3-2. to two. That game also a dead under. The total of seven. One game yet to drop the puck. In Orange County, it'll be Anaheim, the Ducks, minus 173. Total of six against San Jose as the Sharks come a call. And those are your only three games. Then tomorrow, of course, we've got the East-West Shrine game. That's all your college football seniors. And the West, minus one and a half. Total of 37. So they're not looking for a lot of scoring there. Uh, we'll get into some of the NBA. There's four games tomorrow. And a really nice slate of college basketball for tomorrow. I'll go, again, I'll go over a bunch of those games with the original AI, uh, Andy Isco, and he'll be joining me probably in about 15 minutes from now. So looking forward to that. He'll be with me throughout hour number two, and I'll keep an eye on these college games that are rolling. Uh, second half about to get underway with UConn, again leading only 29-28, number one Huskies over the Providence Friars. How about Missouri State? They stormed back from double digits down, and they pushed it into overtime against Southern Illinois. Boy, just when you think you have a game won spread-wise, you don't. And uh, Southern Illinois was minus four, had it up double digits, but now tied at 63, 4.55 to go. Overtime just underway from Carbondale. Kentucky up to 79.77 on Florida, minute 50 to go in that second half. And Rice, their lead has shrunk down to three, but they still lead at Memphis, 57-54. Let me go up top to the association. Four games are in the books. Cavs at home, minus 13 and a half. They don't come close to covering that, but the game does get over the total. They beat the Pistons 128 to 121. Meanwhile, the Clippers continue to play good ball. Clips open things up. Second half had the lead up by as many as 25, win it by 16, 125, 109. Minus 11, they do get the cover in D.C. against Washington, beat the Wizards in a game that stays two points under the 236. It's 234, 125, 109. Clippers get it done. Meanwhile, the Bulls on the road against Charlotte. Nice win there by Chicago. How about this? You had to sweat it out a little bit. Minus six as far as the spread. They win it by seven, 117 to 110. And the game does get over the total of 214 and a half. And then the Kings on the road in Miami, Heat only minus two. They've been struggling. And even though they got Rozier, still hasn't really helped out. Well, tonight it did. 115-106 are able to get past Sacramento. Again, only laying two. They win it by nine. Game staying under the 228. Game's rolling right now. Pelicans 91-79 lead the Rockets. Two minutes into the fourth quarter in H-Town. 91-79 low-scoring game. Not going to get there unless you get an extra session as far as that total. Magic up 18 in San Antonio. 93-75 the score there. Orlando laying 6 226.5. T-Wolves at home up by a baker's dozen. That's what they're laying. Minus 13. Third quarter at the end of three. 83-70 they lead the Dallas Mavericks. OKC up on top of defending champion Denver Nuggets. 78-72 a minute into the fourth quarter. In Oklahoma City, Thunder minus 5.5, 2.23 your total. Again, up by 6. At the half, Suns lead in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, 64-61 over the Nets. They were minus 3.5, so right there on the number. High total of 234. And then the one game yet to go, the Bucks are in Portland. It'll be Milwaukee minus 10.5, total of 237.5. And that is a look at your scoreboard, complete scoreboard. Do not forget, demographically, you fall between the ages of 40 and 72. The Preventative Diagnostic Center Jot the number down, 534-7900, 534-7900. You know the 702 area code. Again, early detection. That gives you uh, early detection between uh, before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce. Great setup. 
as far as the heart CT scan and calcium score special, 125 for a $600 value, significant other, absolutely free. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. PDCenterLV.com is the website. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up with Andy Isco. You're listening to SportsX Radio live from Steiner's Pub. We'll be right back. 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. Live from Vegas. Coming right back at you. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Live, Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 103 in the Vegas Valley on Wednesday nights. You can catch me here. I'll be here next Wednesday. That'll be the only night I won't be on Radio Row over there at Mandalay Bay Convention Center. So always looking forward to being at Steiner's Pub. And, uh, again, been here 15 years and even a couple years prior to uh, going over there at Legacy Stadium, which is no more at the beautiful Venetian Palazzo. Really missed that place, one of the uh, more iconic sports venues in the uh, Vegas Valley for a long, long time. but never reopened after COVID, which kind of sucked, but uh, is what it is. But we are glad we are at Steiner's Pubs. Again, folks, if you're 21 and older, there's no better deal as far as the meals that you're going to be able to get in a wide array as far as the menu. doesn't get much better uh, selection. Yeah, everything from salmon. I actually had the, uh, the turkey bacon club tonight with the uh, homemade onion rings after, of course, the signature lamb chop appetizer. And uh, my good pal, uh, our... our uh, our guy over here that handles all the IT, Dan, the man, he is here making sure KT's connection is good to go. So he was able to find the old faulty cable that we remember back from Get Smart Days. And uh, Dan, of course, always having an extra cable, so KT's good to go. And uh, that's why I had uh, the little gremlins in the system at the top of the show. But we are ready to roll right here in the Vegas Valley and uh, rocking and rolling. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn and streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And uh, let's see if we got Andy Esco. AI, you out there? I'm here. Okay, there you are, buddy. Okay. Great to have you on a Wednesday night as usual, Andy. And our good pal Mark Lawrence under the weather. I mean, he's like the Iron Man as far as SportsX Radio for years like yourself. But, I mean, very hard for Mark Lawrence to ever uh, take a day off. But I have a feeling that voice was going on him. So uh, hopefully he'll be feeling better in the, in the, in the near future. Yeah, maybe just a little stint on the uh, IR or something for uh, for a week, and uh, he'll be back in top form next week, I'm sure. There you go. Now, good, solid college basketball tonight. Number two team, very fortunate, Purdue at West Lafayette to get the overtime win over Northwestern, and you and I talked about it. We didn't touch this game, but, Andy, that Northwestern team, their game, they're going to be a tough out when they get in the tournament because they're pretty disciplined. They've got some scorers as well. 
Yeah, well, they, they'll, they'll knock off a couple of teams. I mean, as, as good as Purdue is, I haven't really liked their consistency. They've been flat too many times, but their talent has enabled them to uh, get by. But, you know, when they get past the first weekend in the tournament, unless something changes, I would not be surprised if, if they are a number one seed, if they might not be the first number one seed to fall. There you go. All right, well, Kentucky in overtime right now. And, again, if you have Kentucky and you're laying all those points, only chance you really would have had down the stretch is to get the extra five minutes. It is the uh, Wildcats up 87-86 with 2.21 to go in overtime. And one of their players actually limping off the court right now. So that not good as we'll uh, keep an eye on this game down the stretch. But Florida trying to avenge an earlier loss in Gainesville, which was right there for the taking. And they came up a little bit short in that one. So a lot of times when I see a, a team that was actually favored at home, lose at home, and then have a chance to go into the other team's venue in conference play, and they're an underdog. A lot of times I'll take those points because a lot of times not only does that team avenge uh, the point spread, they avenge the outright decision and win outright at the other team's venue. Yeah, the only thing is I'm not so sure that Florida did deserve to be favored in that uh, home game when they played, what, a couple of weeks ago. So I think that uh, uh, Kentucky's the far more talented team. They're a young team, of course, as they always are, but uh, uh, they've been struggling. I, you know, Maybe they're still in shock from the beating they took. at uh, South Carolina's a good team, but they should not be beating uh, Kentucky even on their home court by 17, not yeah, based on the talent. South Carolina last night getting 14 points on the road and get an outright win. Again, so that team surprised a lot of folks. The Gamecocks, they have done a nice job and uh, continue to play well in the Southeastern Conference. And Florida just nailed a big three. So with a minute 32 to go, they're up to at Rupp Arena, 89-87. We'll keep an eye on that one. Andy, what are some of the conferences that you enjoy uh, getting into and that you've followed over the years that you feel you may have your best success? Or does it change year to year? It changes year to year. The rosters change. The turnover, uh, you know, is, is different each year. It's a lot more difficult for uh, uh, consistency because of the uh, transfer portal, etc. Uh, where you've got teams, you know, you got guys who have been like three, four different teams before their collegiate uh, career is is uh, is finished, and uh, that lack of continuity. I mean, one of the reasons why Butler was so good that uh, decade or so ago and made it to the two back-to-back Final Fours. I guess they what was it? Lost to Duke and lost to uh, UConn uh, was because. They didn't have any great NBA talent, so everybody stayed there. And it wasn't as easy to transfer. You had to sit out, etc. You don't see that much anymore. Uh, and at the ones where they do uh, stay for four years, those teams are usually uh, the, the, the mid to low major teams, the, uh, uh, you know, the Patriot League type team. So you don't have that continuity. So it changes from year to year right now. And we talked about it earlier. I thought that the, uh, or I'm still thinking that the Big 12 may be the best balance, maybe the best deepest as far as tournament teams could go. They could get anywhere from 8 to 11 teams in, depending upon how things shake out. Of course, they got a lot of good records now because they're just in the, uh, they're winding down the first part of conference play. There's still 10, 11 games to be played before you get to the conference tournaments. I think the SEC is a very well-balanced league as, as well. I'm not as high on the ACC this year that I've been in past years. Uh, some other conferences that uh, uh, that come to mind, of course, Conference USA is, is totally changed with uh, a lot of the mergers to con- 
uh, Conference USA, Sun Belt, and uh, those types of uh, leagues have switched a lot of teams in recent years. Uh, Big Ten is uh, is also a balanced team, but a balanced league. But I'm not all that sold on the Big Ten. We just talked about Purdue. Uh, Wisconsin's a nice story. Illinois, you know, Illinois and Iowa are somewhat inconsistent as well. So usually, before deciding which which leagues I'm going to con- concentrate on, which conference I'm going to concentrate on come tournament time, I want to see how the second half of the season plays out in these conferences. And once we get to March, I've got a pretty good read, not necessarily on what the conferences I like, but a read on whether or not I feel comfortable with certain conferences and uncomfortable with others. There you go. Now, Caleb Mills has been out and is out for the year for Memphis, a guy that gets seven points a game. But all of a sudden, over the last four games, this Memphis Tigers team is unrecognizable. I mean, this is a high-octane team year in, year out, and really thought they were going to be one of the you know, the dominant teams in their conference, but they have struggled, and they're going to get beat again tonight on their home court, it looks like, by Rice. What's going on over there in Memphis, Andy? I'm not sure. Just, again, uh, nagging little injuries, and I don't know, maybe there's some sort of internal thing that's going on. You know, playing time is always an issue. Uh, so I haven't followed it that closely, other than I have noticed that uh, they look like they were an outstanding team back in November and December, and even in early in January, but not of late. Yeah, no doubt. Trailing 70-67, to 67, 21 seconds left second half against Rice, and they have not had the lead outside of by one point in the first minute. And that is it. Meanwhile, Penn State up four on Rutgers, 13.50 to go second half, 37-33, low-scoring game. And then Connecticut with 15.35 to go, the number one team in the land, Andy, up by one point on Providence, 15.25 to go now, uh, under 16-minute timeout there. When that team's got it clicking, especially with Klingon back in the line of the big seven-footer, They look like they do have a chance to repeat, but there's a lot of parity, no question, in college basketball. We talk about it year in, year out, but not really anybody that's that dominant. I mean, Connecticut, when they're playing their A game, yeah, they look dominant, but Andy, I really, I mean, if, if, if I gave you, say, four teams against the field, could you pick four to where you'd feel confident? Yeah, I could. I could write, you know, this week, but they would change next week. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, really, uh, teams are switching around, taking positions in the top five. They'll play two or three uh, games and look really good. I think Connecticut's a very solid team, and I, I'm not all that concerned about them. But, you know, you and I were talking earlier. You know, by this time of the year, you know, here we are at the end of January, we're still talking about, you know, maybe an undefeated team like Gonzaga for a couple of years ago and other teams that may have one or two losses. But it seems as though all the top teams just now have multiple losses, and we still, again, we still have a little bit of the first half and the entire second half of conference play so we may see teams entering the tournament uh, number one number two seeds that have you know anywhere from uh, three to five losses which is very unusual yeah no doubt looks like missouri state's going to get an overtime win in carbondale as they lead by two and just got fouled with four seconds to go so the salukis letting a big double digit lead on their home court get away uh memphis has cut it to two 71 69 with nine seconds to go and they just fouled see if rice can convert from the charity stripe keeping an eye on some of these games as they roll on down arkansas up 13 on missouri and missouri is just horrendous zero and seven in the sec and arkansas not much better sitting at 500 overall and one and six in southeast conference play and i think arkansas see... is one of the more disappointing teams thus far yeah. that more was expected of them i think what have been the two or three sweet 16s in a row and you know they're in danger of not even making the tournament this year right now yeah no question uh Again, Missouri, a proud program as well. Uh, Florida now up four at Rupp Arena and at the line. 91-87, they lead with under 32 seconds to go. So this could be a big-time win here for the Gators as they go up five, 92-87. So uh, 
you know, Kentucky was up five at intermission, Florida 48-43 in the second half, and now Florida up by five in the waning seconds of overtime as the second free throw is missed. So we'll see if Kentucky can indeed cut into it. And they miss a three, and the battle will go to Florida. So uh, 23 seconds to go. The Gators going to get it back. Look like they're going to get a win in Lexington. That'll be a big win for Florida. Win there puts them at 5-3 and three in the SEC and drops Kentucky down to 5-3. and three. So college basketball, a lot of fun. And you talk about parity, Andy. There is a... Uh, you know, no team that you feel confident that are going to go in and take care of business in the Power Five conferences, especially when they're on the road. Uh, ACC last night, North Carolina gets beat by Georgia Tech on the road. Duke, you know, has had some nice wins. They got a big win in Blacksburg the other night by 10 points. Those two teams will meet up on Saturday. Uh, North Carolina 9-1. and one. Duke at 7-2. and two, And then Virginia got a win tonight. They're at 7-3. and three. Florida State at 6-3. and three. Is it a two-team race as far as you're concerned with Carolina and Duke, or is Virginia with their style under Tony Bennett still dangerous there in the Atlantic Coast Conference, which looks overall to be way down this year? Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to Duke and North Carolina. They'll probably be playing better than they have, and at least with more consistency. Virginia has actually been scoring uh, points this year, uh, but you know they beat a very weak uh, Notre Dame team. I think what was it by 12 tonight? Uh, what was it 73-61 or something along those lines? I forget exactly what it was. It was some so about a 12-13 point margin. It came very close to uh, the pointers. Syracuse uh, has been very average. Louisville, which played better, you know, earlier in the season, they've struggled lately. Clemson seems to be playing. Uh, decently. Virginia Tech, another team that plays well at home. But overall, I've not been impressed. You know, the one team that they he, he always has, uh, Larinaga, always has Miami playing well late in the season. So I want to keep an eye on them because I do like Larinaga and I do like their program. But uh, right now, I'm hard-pressed. To, I'm hard-pressed to think who would be the top four seeds, much less the final four teams. Yeah, then we look at the Big 12 in Houston. They got it out an OT win in Austin the other night against Texas. We know Texas, Oklahoma are both jamming to the SEC, and uh, some other teams will be coming to calling over there in the Big 12, including Arizona, Arizona State, and uh, Utah, uh, and SMU as well. So that'll be uh, uh, a little different conference, but still one that's loaded with a lot of basketball prowess. Iowa State under T.J. Otzelberger playing good ball at 5-2. and two. Texas Tech got beat last night by Jamie Dixon's TCU Horn Frogs, so they're 5-2. And, and the Cougars of Houston with that win against Texas, they have a half-game lead at 6-2. and two. Kansas at 5-3, and three. they've been banged up a little bit. Uh, Baylor got a win tonight. They struggled for a while in Orlando, but ended up beating uh, Central Florida. And then Oklahoma got a nice win the other night. They're at 4-4. Four and four. Kansas State got drilled by that Oklahoma squad. They're at 4-4. Four and, four. and BYU's 3-4. and four. For, but always dangerous in Provo. Yeah, a strong home court advantage. And we've seen a lot of strong home courts in the uh, Big 12 this year as well uh, throughout the conference. But uh, uh, I'll be interested to see, again, how these teams start developing. Once, you know, They say once you get into February, you start playing the kind of ball you, you, you hope to be playing consistently uh, in March. So no, no more excuses down the stretch. Now teams that lose when they shouldn't lose, maybe they're just not as good as we all thought they were back in December. Yeah, good point on the home court. Houston 12 and 0, Iowa State 13 and 0, Texas Tech 11 and 0, Kansas 12 and 0. Those four teams from the Big 12 unblemished on their home court thus far. And then you've got TCU and Baylor both at 10 and 1, Oklahoma and BYU both at 11 and 2. So a lot of non-conference games, but still uh, several conference games as well. And Cincinnati's 12 and 2 at home as well. So you're right, Andy. Good call as far as uh, home court advantage, big time 
as far as top teams from the Big 12. And that's why a conference like the Big 12, they come down to which teams can win on the road, you know, and that, that when they start playing the rematches. Now, of course, because the conference has expanded, you don't have, you know, two games against each opponent. Some, some you have uh, just one, others you have home and away. So it'll be the teams that'll be able to win in the road in the month of February that you may want to keep an eye on once you get into March. There you go. All right, before we go to break, let's look at the Big East. UConn, of course, the number one team in the country, defending champions, 8-1 and one inside Big East Conference playing again. Donovan Klingon, the big guy, just getting back uh, last game. So they are uh, probably primed to get ready and uh, get on a roll if they can stay healthy. We know that uh, Danny Hurley is a one heck of a coach, and that team last year was dominant. But they've got players, and they're still a team that – uh, I would look at as being one of those teams that you can expect to at least get to that Sweet 16 and probably beyond. UConn has won their last eight games, but they've had some tough tilts, and they're having one tonight against Providence on their home court. We'll keep an eye on it. Marquette and Creighton, both at 7-3 and three in conference. Andy, what's your take on those two teams, Marquette under Shaka Smart, and, of course, McDermott's still there with the Blue Jays of Creighton? Yeah, I've, I've liked Marquette. Uh, they've played a, you know, a, a challenging schedule. Uh, Creighton seems to be down a little bit this year from the past few years, but they're still uh, a factor in the Big East, which I think, again, you know, we're seeing, we're sort of seeing some of the teams go down. You know, Villanova's not the team that they were before Jay Wright retired. Uh, Xavier's had some really good years. They've been a little inconsistent. Still want to see how St. John's does uh, with Rick Pitino. They lost that uh, Xavier tonight after they had beaten them earlier by like 15 points, and that's something that's a little bit uncharacteristic of Patino's teams. They usually uh, they, they usually are able to figure things out the second time they play a team, regardless of whether they beat them or not. So maybe a little bit of a concern because, again, it's a new team, a new program for, uh, uh, for Patino. So St. John's, I think, will be Im- improved. Uh, the Big East, I think, is still going to come down to Connecticut. I like, I like what Providence has, and I don't know what they're going to end up doing tonight. I think they're down by uh, seven or eight right now in the second half. Uh, but they had that huge win over their former coach, Ed, Ed Cooley, who's now at Georgetown. That was a very emotional win for the program. And often you see a little bit of a letdown, but maybe the fact that they're playing, you know, the top team in the country and a neighbor, you know, UConn, not that far away uh, from uh, Kingston, Rhode Island. Uh, well, it's not Kingston, Rhode Island, Providence, where uh, the Friars play. So maybe Maybe that explained part of uh, their good performance in the uh, in the first half, but not quite sure what to make of Providence. Again, I want to see the uh, new coach, what he can do with the talent that he inherited. There you go. And Shaheen Holloway doing a decent job over there with the Seton Hall Pirates. They're at 7-4 yeah. and four in the Big East, and that's a team that on any given night uh, can step up and bite you. And they really dismantled St. John's a couple weeks ago by 15. They were actually up by 25-26 in that game and coasted to a 15-point win. I think Patino is going to get a little revenge on the 13th of February when they go to New York because uh, Patino had COVID and was not on the sidelines for that game. Some of those things got to pay attention By the to. Way, but that's th- a key game to take a look at because they're both programs that are capable of being very good. You know, you will learn a lot more if Seton Hall is able to complete a, sw- a sweep. It's, it's really almost like a neighborhood series across the river. Mm-hmm. And yet, on the other hand, we'll see if uh, if uh, Providence can uh, Providence if uh, Patino. I still think of him as a Providence coach way back thirty uh, something years ago. But if Patino and St. John's can get revenge, that'll say something about that program as well. That's positive. There you go on Villanova under five hundred four and six, and they got swept by St. John's. Got destroyed in both those games in Philly and in New York. So. Uh, the Cats, although they've got a lot of guys back, they have dropped five in a row and now four and six inside the Big East. So they've got a lot of work to do as they get set and uh, try and have a better February. 
to head into Big East Conference play. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn, Andy Isco, my guest. Follow him at VegasAndy711, VegasAndy711, and of course, TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy will have another newsletter out next week in time for the big game, and he'll have it all broken down. Great statistics, as he always has, and uh, just does a lot of work, puts a lot of work in, and of course, he and Mark Lawrence have worked together for a long time on a podcast, and we're always fortunate to have AI, whether it's Wednesdays, Thursdays, doesn't much matter. We get the best of Andy Isco. KT live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Good crowd on a Wednesday night. I am live, of course, on 101.5 FM Don and streaming live on that Odyssey app. You miss any part of the show, use the Rewind feature on Odyssey or follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, and you can listen back to the show in its entirety. Mark Hoke takes us to break. The host of the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., right here on Don as well, and streaming live on that Odyssey app, the best in professional wrestling. We are live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. Coming right back, keeping hour number two rolling, live from Vegas. Band coming back on a hump day. Mark Hoke spinning the hits. KT rocking and rolling. 101.5 FM K Dawn. Sports X Radio Monday through Friday, 6 to 8, right here on uh, K Dawn. And of course, live uh, worldwide on the Odyssey app. And again, the great rewind, rewind feature. If you miss any part of the show, go back and use that. And uh, talking some college basketball with Andy Isco, get into the association a little bit. We got the NHL All Star break coming up. And last three games as far as NHL hockey until the break concludes in Edmonton, the Red Hot Oilers, who have won 16 in a row. Their next game is going to be on February 6th, right here in Vegas against the Golden Knights. So we'll see if they can get that streak to 17. After that, they go to Orange County to play the Ducks and then back to back game against the Kings in LA. So we'll wait and see how all that shakes out. Meanwhile, Florida gets that win at Rupp Arena in Kentucky, 94-91. The final, Rice holds off Memphis, 74-71. And UL Lafayette's just finished off UL Monroe by eight. Do not cover as the Warhawks get the cover. 80-72, the final, Raging Cajuns win it in a game that gets over the total. Update, Penn State up seven now with seven minutes to go, 46-39. Again, low-scoring game, but Penn State will take it if they can get that road win inside the Big Ten. Arkansas State up three. They're minus five and a half. They're playing Southern Miss, 242 to go. Red Wolves at home. UConn up by six, 44-38, 12 minutes to go. Second half, Stores, Connecticut leading Providence, laying 13, total 137. Still plenty of work to do if you want to cover that game for the Huskies. All Arkansas, four minutes to go in Columbia, South, uh, Columbia Missouri, uh, 79-64, leading Mizzou by 15 48-41 North Texas, now only up seven, laying six and a half, still 12-30 to go in Denton against UAB as Andy Kennedy's Blazers coming back. And Bruce Pearl's opened it up on Vandy now, 49-31, up 18, laying 18 and a half, still 15-45 to go. Again, the two games coming up, Boise State in Albuquerque against New Mexico at the pit. It is the Lobos minus 10 and a half, 150 and a half at the Westgate Superbook. And Santa Clara trying to avenge a drubbing at home at Bronco Gym against St. Mary's, and they got clubbed real bad right after beating Gonzaga. They were not ready for the Gales, and they got pummeled. They're catching 14 in Moraga against St. Mary's. And, Andy, no question, St. Mary's the team to beat in the WCC, although the effort we saw last night from Gonzaga pounding LMU, the best effort so far from Gonzaga up there at the Kennel in Spokane. 
Yeah, I think we still need to see a little more consistency out of Gonzaga. They're clearly not the team, uh, the powerhouse that they've been. That's not to take anything away from Santa Clara because Santa, Santa Clara and BYU, before our BYU left the conference, those were generally the second and third best teams. Occasionally you'd have a Loyola Marymount, you'd have a San Francisco in there, but those were the three teams in the conference. And the gap between Gonzaga and uh, St. Mary's uh, was relatively close, and I think it's even closer this year. And maybe, yeah, I'm not going to be ready to say that Santa Clara's over, uh, uh, St. Mary's has overtaken them, but certainly the edges that we've seen out of Gonzaga in the past we haven't seen this year. There you go. Meanwhile, tough beat if you had the under in the L.A. Kings national. Not that you lost, but you end up pushing a game that was 3-1 to one late, ends up 4-2. to two. So sometimes that team that's trailing, if they get that goal, then you know, of course, that goalie is going to be pulled and uh, ends up 4-2 to two L.A wins at Nashville. Ottawa skated past Detroit 3-2, to and the only game yet to go, and it'll be the final one before the All-Star break kicks in starting up tomorrow. San Jose at Anaheim against the Ducks. Ducks minus 180, total of 6. Meanwhile, as far as college hoops, we're keeping an eye on those games that are rolling down, and UConn up 7 with 11.30 to go, and uh, that the main one with the number one team in the country uh, in a little bit of a struggle at Stores, Connecticut. Uh, OKC did beat Denver 105 to 100, laying five and a half or six, so they do not cover. Nuggets get the cover. Game stays well under the 223. T Wolves destroyed the uh, Mavericks, win it big time by 34, 121 to 87. Minnesota laying 13, no problem there. Game stays well under the 221. And then the Magic beat the Spurs by 10, laying six. They get the cover. Another dead under there, and the Pelicans win in Houston by 11. A game that stays another 20 plus points under the total. As the Pelicans win 110 to 99, Heat beat this Kings 115 106. Bulls over the Hornets 117 110. Clippers destroyed the Wizards with a big second half 125 109, and the Cavs get past the Pistons at home 128 121. But Detroit backers do get the money, and uh, we are keeping an eye on the other games, college basketball and whatnot. Some of the extra board games not going to get into right now. But Andy, sometimes you can make some money on those extra games. And uh, there's some of those conferences that are fun to watch. Bucknell was one I looked at tonight. They were laying eight to Loyola, Maryland. The Greyhounds way down. A uh, good team for a long time, but really struggling. 67-52, Bucknell get the win there. Uh, do you do much as far as on the extra games? I know you hit some of the mid-major conferences, not just the Power Five, but do you look at the extra games as well? I do from time to time. Of course, I do follow the Ivy League, and of course, their scheduling dynamics have changed where they've had a lot of isolated games instead of the Friday-Saturday back-to-backs, which I think start uh, this week, and where they'll start playing the back-to-backs after they played, I don't think, I think three or four games against a single foe in a given weekend, which I think they hadn't really done before. I think the only exception used to be uh, Penn and Princeton would play a game early in the season, and then they'd close usually uh, the last regular season conference game, but they changed their scheduling a little bit, and uh, Princeton looks like they are a, uh, a very, uh, they seem to be the best team in the Ivies, but you know, you have to keep an eye on Cornell. They beat them up there the other day, and uh, they beat them uh, pretty easily from wire to wire, so uh, Cornell is a nice little surprise right now. My school pen is, is down this year. Harvard seems to be down as well, uh, so uh, I do follow the Ivy Leagues, but I haven't done much with them this year. Andy, the uh, two games remaining for the listeners out there, anything from the pit, New Mexico minus 10.5, total 150.5, and and the Lobos have won five in a row and covered five straight. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that this line is as – it seems high, but it's really low when you take a look at the margins. 
that uh, New Mexico has been putting on teams. They've been breaking teams over. What they beat Nevada the other day by like 20-something, leading most of that way as well. But they've really been able to be explosive the last six, seven minutes of the game. Uh, Considered Boise, but decided to uh, back off and and just watch this one. I want to see, because the line did seem a little bit short to me, but... Then again, maybe there's a reason. We don't really know that much. Boise's, you know, one of the upper-tier teams in the conference. But right now, uh, New Mexico is playing as if there's a gap between them and the rest of the Mountain West. There you go. And New Mexico, 18-3 and overall under Richard Pitino. And then Santa Clara, we know they got that win at home. Steve Nash in attendance. They beat Gonzaga, break that long losing streak to the Zags. And then their next game up, of course, had to be St. Mary's, also at Bronco Gym. And they just got blasted right out of the get-go and never were in that game. Since then, they've won and covered three in a row. They're at Moraga now. St. Mary's has won eight in a row straight up. The line is 14. Do you take a shot on Santa Clara? Because St. Mary's shown dominance or is this one you stay away from i stayed away from it i wanted to make a case for uh, uh for santa clara but again i think that uh, uh it's, it's gonzaga and st mary's near the top and then you can put any one of a number of teams down there at number three but there's a gap they did beat them handily the first time and that's always a concern uh when they have the rematch you know it's a little different than if they played a five six point game now they're going out on the uh, on the road and facing a st mary's team which i think senses that uh, they are indeed the team to beat in the West Coast Conference this year. Uh, We'll find out a little bit more as uh, uh, Gonzaga uh, plays itself down the stretch as well. Yeah, and uh, Santa Clara, kind of like for you old school Bewitched fans, kind of like Aunt Clara, just wondering if the spell is actually going to go through and stick. So uh, very inconsistent Santa Clara team. We'll see how things pan out. All right, Andy Isco, uh, just getting back to some of the college basketball, uh, some of the conferences, the Pac-12 Rather disappointing, and I know there's been injuries, you know, with Southern Cal and UCLA. Those two teams have struggled mightily. Uh, there are some good teams, though, too, that have stepped up, and one of those teams is Wazoo. Washington State's an exciting team. They've played some good, solid ball. Always tough in the Palouse. They're 11-1 and there this year, and there's a couple other teams, Arizona and Colorado, still unbeaten, and then Oregon 10-1 and at Matthew Knight Arena. So, again, home court coming into play, and also Utah. They're still unblemished at 11-0 and up in Salt Lake City. Who do you like out of the Pac-12? Because I like Boyle's team. I think Colorado's got some promise. And then Arizona at times looked really good at the beginning of the year, but they've struggled of late. Yeah, they had a nice win after getting uh, beaten at Oregon State. Then they went over to uh, Eugene and beat uh, the Ducks in uh, what was a key game, I think, two nights later. I think one was Thursday, one was Saturday, if I remember. Uh, and I've always liked uh, this Oregon team. Uh, I've, I've liked Colorado. I'm not quite sure uh, you know, how much staying power they have. Obviously, they play very well at home. Uh, to me, and you mentioned and USC and, and especially UCLA are the two biggest disappointments in the conference. Uh, uh, Arizona is always going to be a team to, uh, uh, to respect. So the top part of the conference, even Stanford and Cal have played, I think, better than a lot of people expected at the expense of some of the teams that they were underdogs against. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, injuries have come into play as well. And uh, UCLA uh, finally got uh, Bonna back, which is, which is big because they have been hurting. Uh, Mac now is questionable for the game tomorrow, and he's a pretty good player. I enjoy watching Sebastian Mack. He is fun to watch. Uh, but, yeah, they've been shorthanded at times. And then USC as well. And, of course, it's good to see Bronny James back on the court. He's not a prolific scorer like the old man, at least uh, you know, early on in his 
college career. It's not uh, but yet. Still, yeah, that athleticism is definitely there. So we'll keep an eye on other teams as far as in the Pac-12. Uh, Cal actually much improved this year, which is nice to see. And then just when you think you have things figured out, Oregon State will go on a run and beat Arizona there in Corvallis. Washington also dangerous. But USC is actually in the cellar at 2-7 and seven under Andy Enfield. And, of course, uh, they've lost players throughout the season, and it's been tough. But, you know, so goes it. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. No, and, uh, you know, you wonder how much uh, the distraction of this being the last season of the Pac-12. We saw it in football. Now we're seeing, you know, it play out in uh, in basketball as well as uh, a lot of these Pac-12 teams are heading, you know, in far different directions, you know, Big 12, Big 10, ACC, uh, you know, all over the place. And uh, I don't think it's quite the same as it is in football where, you know, there's, it's a much more popular sport and you uh, play it once a week. But it's going to make for some interesting uh, situations next year, and I wonder if teams like USC and uh, UCLA, uh, more so than the football teams, but certainly then when they have to play you know, Thursday and Saturday or whatever days, you know, Sunday, uh, Saturdays and Mondays, whatever they do, decide to play the schedule, how they're going to fare on those uh, trips back to the Midwest, especially, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to do it, maybe, maybe they'll play like four games back in the Midwest. Uh, so they don't have to come back and then go back two weeks later. But we'll see how that uh, uh, turns out next year as they uh, settle things in. But uh, uh, the Pac-12 is another conference where it's, it's, it's reasonably deep. I don't think quality-wise they're as good as the Big 12 or the, AC, or the SEC. Uh, but the level of basketball is a little bit better in terms of it being spread out amongst more teams than in the past few years. There you go. And a big win for Alabama tonight. We talked about a big second half. Came back not only get the win, but cover the six and a half against Georgia. They were down 14 at intermission in Athens and win the game and get the cover. They are alone atop the SEC, seven and one. South Carolina, six and two. Auburn will be six and two after they finish off Vandy. They're up big in that game at home. So that'll be your uh, two second place teams. Tennessee, a half game behind those two. They'll be at five and two. Rick Barnes squad. Ole Miss with a nice win last night over Mississippi State. Five and three, Kentucky with that loss tonight against Florida. They drop to five and three, and the Gators go up to five and three. And then Georgia with that loss to Bama, they even out at four and four. Look, Buzz Williams, Texas A&M team, they're still dangerous. They're at three and four. LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vandy, and Missouri round out the SEC. There is a lot of power in that conference, and it's going to be an interesting SEC tournament. Yeah, it is, and uh, the guy I'm keeping an eye on is uh, Chris Beard, who is now at uh, at Ole Miss and getting used to the players that he has there. They had a nice uh, game last night against their in-state rival, Mississippi State, uh, and of course we know his experience back at the uh, you know Texas and Arkansas Little Rock and Texas Tech briefly before he got the job that was the job of a lifetime at Texas, which you know worked. Didn't work out well because of some off-the-court issues, but he's still a very solid coach, and he might be a factor. He might be a team with Ole Miss capable of, of pulling an upset in the in the SEC tournament. Not sure where yeah. they'll be seated, but they won't be uh, the top favorite or two. By the way, if Santa Clara were to beat St. Mary's tonight in Moraga and shock the gals, be a three-way tie above the uh, at the top of the WCC with St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and Santa Clara. They'd all be sitting at seven and one. San Francisco's at five and two. Uh, let's jump over real quick, Andy, just to the association before we go to break. Your take right now, if I had to nail you, give me the top four teams in the NBA because I love the way the Knicks are playing right now, but I, I'm a Knicks fan, and uh, you know that it could be short-lived. 
Yeah, they've really played extremely well. Of course, you want to see how long uh, Randall will be out because he was instrumental uh, along with uh, Brunson. who has been a very pleasant surprise uh, with his consistency this year. Good enough that we were able to trade away R.J. Barrett a couple of weeks ago to uh, uh, Toronto. I still think uh, you've got to have Boston up there. They haven't played their best basketball uh, as of uh, late. You know, they had been unbeaten at their home court, and then they lost back-to-back games. There were some road games in between, but they lost back-to-back to Denver, and then a real ugly loss to uh, uh, the Clippers, I think it was, this past Saturday. But I still have them as uh, uh, the, certainly the team in the East. I have them ahead of both Milwaukee and uh, uh, Philadelphia. Don't know where I, I would put the Knicks right now. Probably around I don't know if I put them at four, but certainly no worse than five or six. You know, we're more than halfway through the season right now, so you know these teams are pretty much showing who they are. The West is very interesting because I've liked Minnesota since the start. I've liked Oklahoma City, and they had a big game. Um, uh, two nights ago, down in OKC, where Minnesota uh, beat them and took over the uh, number one spot in the uh, uh, in the West, you have to uh, you have to like uh, what we're seeing out of. Um, Denver, the defending champs. A little bit concerned about Golden State. I mean, this team just has never got on a run, and you have to wonder, as, as I have over the years, and especially in the NBA, where you play so many over, so many games in seven-game series, you play almost the equivalent of every three years of a half to a full season just in playoff games, and at some point that has to take a toll. And the Golden State team is not uh, a young team anymore, and they've suffered a lot of injuries, of course, and you know then the Draymond Green distractions, etc. So I'm a little concerned about the uh, Golden State. So uh, they might uh, they might struggle just to get in the playoffs, and they might uh, I I'm not even sure that they'll be favored to win in the first round, depending upon who they match up against, assuming that they are uh, five through. Uh, five Five through eight, or you know, one of the uh, five through uh, uh, well, ten, I guess, but down in the bottom half of the bracket. Yeah, and to me, you know, the the ninth and tenth place teams, if they're under five hundred and the first eight are over five hundred, I don't think there should be a play in for nine and ten. And that's the case right now, both in the East and the West. The Bulls and the Hawks are both under five hundred, three and seven games respectively. And in the West, same thing with the Lakers and the Jazz under five hundred as seeds 9 and 10. So, I mean, I just hate to see teams under 500 get in there just because you're trying to generate more money with this play-in stuff. Yeah, but it's always been about money. It's just a different way of how you disguise it and sell it to the public. And, of course, the NBA still remains an extremely popular sport, not just in the U.S. and not just in North America, but really around the world. And if they can have a couple of other games. And, you know, teams know what they have to do and basically avoid being seated number seven or eight. And uh, having where you have to take your chances and you have to play those extra games. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's really what it comes down to. But uh, it's almost like in the NFL, I've never uh, agreed with the fact that a team like Tampa Bay, uh, nine and eight uh, gets to host a, t- uh, a playoff game uh, against. Uh, well, it's a, it's, it may not be the best example this year because of how they finished the season. But Philadelphia was eleven and six, but finished behind. Uh, uh, actually, tied, but won the tiebreaker against Dallas. I've never. I've always felt that. Well, these days. Why not just do away with the various divisions? They're not nearly as important as they were 50 years ago when you didn't have a mobile society and you didn't have every game on TV. Just let see the teams one through eight based upon, uh, in the NBA, your record within the conference as opposed to uh, giving special preference to division winners. Because remember, if you win a division uh, like uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks did in the uh, NFC South at nine and eight, that means they played in a very weak division but could only manage nine wins because nine wins was good enough to win the division. So 
you're penalizing an opponent like, uh, well, Philadelphia may not be the best example because really their only competition in the uh, NFC uh, East this year was, uh, was Dallas. But normally if you get to host simply because you're a division winner, you may not necessarily be the, the best team. And I think that carries over into the NBA as well. You know, you, uh, I think they finally work something where they don't necessarily see them all uh, the way that uh, they used to in the past. But there's still some issues that can be resolved. There you go. Take our final break of this Wednesday night. Tomorrow it is Throwback Thursday. And uh, old San Francisco 49ers secondary player that uh, was pretty darn good and won some Super Bowls with those Niners will join me tomorrow night. And then I've got uh, a former Raiders secondary player uh, back in the Tom Flores era that's going to join me on Monday night. That'll be Van McElroy. Dwight Hicks will join me tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. And uh Friday night, it'll be TV at work, man. My main man, Thomas Viola and Jason Halpern, those guys will be uh, hosting the Thursday or the uh, Friday night show, the Friday football fiasco as KT gets ready for Radio Row at Mandalay Bay for next week. Looking forward, uh, of course, Odyssey. All the uh, stations will be there, and that'll be a lot of fun, and we'll have a lot of special guests, and that'll be great setup over there at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Final segment coming up, SportsX Radio on this hump day live at Steiner's Pub, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. See if Andy Isco maybe finds an overnight college basketball game for us. Give out a winner before we get off the air. Live from Vegas, we'll be right back to wrap things up. Rock and roll is king. Wednesday night, hump day, KT live at Steiner's Pub, 101.5 FM, KDO on streaming live on the Odyssey app. Andy Isco with me. Uh, again, uh, we're hoping Mark Lawrence gets better and is back in the starting lineup next Wednesday. KT, of course, will be on Radio Row. Uh, next Wednesday, however, I'll be back at Steiner's, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'll be at Radio Row over there, Mandalay Bay Convention Center, Super Bowl in town. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just some streaks as far as college basketball, just so you have them down if you're not following closely. A lot of times you want to stay with these streaks. Hawaii and Idaho have both lost seven straight against the number. Eastern Kentucky has covered eight straight. And NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology, that's my brother Sammy's alma mater, eight straight unders against the number. SMU and Detroit, five straight overs. La Tech and Southern Utah both covered five straight. And Eastern Washington and Southern Utah both have 14-4 and four records against the spread. Tomorrow, here's what we've got as we uh, look at some of the games. And by the way, 10-2 to two, New Mexico out of the gate in the pit over Boise State three minutes and 30 seconds in. As we look at that one, Auburn now up by 22-7-25 to go trying to cover the 18-and-a-half. Connecticut up six on Providence, 56-50, 6-10 to go in regulation. Arkansas did beat Missouri, 91-84 in North Texas, 56-50, up by 6-7-30 to go in Denton against UAB. Move on down, and here's what we've got tomorrow as far as some of those spreads. Andy, Wisconsin Green Bay is minus 12-and-a-half against IUPUI. The Jaguars, really a bad club, and the Fighting Phoenix have surprised everybody in the horizon. They're atop the conference. Yeah, and I uh, don't plan on doing anything of that game, but uh, that game is scheduled for a 9 a.m. start Pacific time, uh, which is unusual for a weekday. There you go. Meanwhile, we move on down, and good one with IPFW also in the horizon at home. The Mastodon's favorite three over Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Panthers, a pretty good club. 
Detroit, still winless, Andy. Cleveland State's at Detroit, 0-22 for the Titans. They're catching eight at home against the Vikings of Cleveland State. You going to be on Detroit tomorrow, Andy? Probably not. I'm not. I don't like to ask bad teams to do something good, even if it's a favorable situation and they're getting a decent number of points. Cleveland State's the better team. I don't want to ask them to win by this margin on the road, but I can't trust Detroit. Yeah, Arizona, and they've not been playing great ball at home. They're minus 18-and-a-half against Cal. Total's 158. Just trying to think if uh, uh, this, this, could be, uh, this could be a tough game here for Arizona to cover that number. I mean, Cal plays hard. I'm trying to remember if Cal actually beat Arizona at Haas Pavilion. I'm trying to remember. I know they played earlier, and I just uh, I can't recollect that game. I, I think it was close, but I'm not recollecting that game at the top of my head but idaho we told you they have lost seven straight against the number they're going to catch 14 and a half in missoula against montana won't shock me if the grizzlies on their home court make it eight in a row losses against the spread for the vandals yeah didn't didn't uh, that one didn't interest me yet yeah i'm trying to see is there anything that uh, has jumped out because cal state fullerton they're at home they're minus one and a half they played pretty good ball at home at titan gym they're playing hawaii who's also dropped seven in a row against the number and the titans are laying just one and a half at home i'm actually looking at a few games that uh, uh, ironically enough are rematches of games that ended with the same score the game against drexel and monmouth which is uh, the uh, a four four o'clock game. It's the second one in the rotation. Drexel won seventy eight seventy four back. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago when they met in Drexel. Uh, right now they are four and a half point uh, road favorites at Monmouth, which is having a decent season. They're a little bit above five hundred. Nothing spectacular, but I do like Monmouth plus the points in that one. And Sam Houston State is at Western Kentucky. Uh, Sam Houston State won their game. I think it was back on January tenth. So it's been a little bit over three weeks. Seventy eight. 74 as well. This time, Western Kentucky is the uh, slight favorite at home, and I'm going to look for the Hilltoppers to come through in that one. All right, so keep an eye on Andy's plays, looking at Western Kentucky, the old Hilltoppers, and you're looking for Monmouth to get the outright win, you think? They're uh, plus four and a half at home? They might, but I'll, I'll be playing it on the uh, on the points. Those are nice points to get in what was a competitive game the first time. Western Kentucky, three and a half at home, laying, uh, laying to uh, Sam Houston. Great stuff, Andy Isco. And, of course, next week we'll get into the big game, big time. And, of course, a lot of the props will be out. And I know you're going to be weighing in on those. Follow Andy at VegasAndy711 at VegasAndy711. And, of course, the logical approach. He'll have his newsletter out. And looking forward to that. It's always great read. Andy, thanks so much for uh, being the steady cog over here on a Wednesday night. And look forward to getting you down here at Steiner's Pub. And I know you're just going to kick back and enjoy the Super Bowl uh, in quiet surroundings a little serenity now and uh there with your apps making some money but always appreciate you on a wednesday night my man yeah the quiet surroundings is always subject to change there you go no question and things will change up tomorrow too on a throwback thursday that'll do it for a wednesday night live at steiner's pub thanks to mark coke thanks to andy isco and thanks to you the listeners thanks to dan coming down taking care of business our it guy at odyssey second to none till tomorrow you know the rules no drinking and driving no texting and driving most of all god bless our troops god bless you live from vegas live at steiner's pub sports x radio 101.5 fmk dawn we stream live on that odyssey app archives up in about 45 minutes or just use that odyssey rewind feature have a great evening good night everybody